0: Welcome to Singing the Blues. I'm Don Housen. And I'm James Marriott. So, a mixed week in uh, Wednesday World. We will talk about the Brentford game a little bit later on. Uh, let's start with uh, Birmingham on Saturday. We, I mean, we did, didn't really know what to expect going into this one. But, I mean, you'd have to say, if anything, Wednesday probably deserved to win by a clearer margin. I think it was... Uh, it was a, uh, not completely one-sided game, but there was only one team really in that.
1: Uh, certainly in the first half, James. Yeah, I thought, um, you know, Wednesday, Bostit had, what, three or four really good opportunities. Um, and, you know, Aidan Flint came in for uh, his debut. I thought he was really commanding at the back uh, alongside Joseph Van Aiken who made, it has to be said, a terrific block right at the end there. Um, You know, understandably, Birmingham threw everything out Wednesday in that sort of last 10 minutes or so. Um, But, you know, Wednesday showed great and great resolve. It was a really, you know, I thought, good away performance. Very professional. They got the job done. um, And, yeah, they could have won by more. But I think that would be nitpicking. You know, I think we all would have maybe, I think, taken a draw. Birmingham, so you know to keep a clean sheet, get the win. Uh, I thought there were a lot of good individual performances. Massimo Luongo, Beckenbauer esque, the way he, he dropped into mm. midfield, uh, you know, used in a different role, uh, you know, and I thought that worked incredibly well. Uh, you know, I, I know it sort of needs most when you look at the amount of injuries that Wednesday, you know, got defensively. You know, I'm sure we'll come on to that a bit more. Later on. Uh, but yeah, I thought, again, Luongo did, uh, you know, he put terrific shifting. I thought he did uh, really well in a position that, uh, you know, he's not obviously, uh, you know, his preferred position in the side.
0: It, it was a real shame, wasn't it, that he uh, wasn't in the team last night because... Um, I think there's an argument to say, has has Massimo Luongo been been Wednesday's most solid performer so far this season? I, I think he's been having, you know, we kind of said that, that mm-hmm. midfield, that, you know, him staying fit and the role that he plays is going to be really pivotal this season. And he's really stepped up to that.
1: Oh, he's been Wednesday's best player, I think, this season. I, yeah. I reckon most people would be in agreement on that. And so I know we'll talk in more detail about Brentford. Later, uh, but yeah, he was a huge miss. Huge miss, you know. I, I, I you know, again the setup of the midfield at Brentford, the balance of it, it wasn't right. They really, you know, there was a big hole there, a big Massimo Luongo gaping hole. That uh, you know, Wednesday they don't have a light for light replacement for Luongo right now. In that, yep. you know, I would say, you know, the guy who does the dirty work, the guy who disrupts the opposition, uh, and then can use the ball as intelligently as what he does. You know, I would say he's probably become the fulcrum of this Wednesday team. I really would. I'd go as far to say that that we're now seeing the best of Massimo Luongo. Uh, And the key is to sort of wrap him up in cotton wool and keep him fit.
0: It really is pivotal, isn't it? Because I mean, any any team really is as is as as good as its midfield is strong, and it's something that we've seen been an issue for Wednesday before. A real lightweight midfield that other teams can just steamroller through, and and you're always going to struggle when that's the case. And and that's I mean, there's not been any huge changes really in terms of um, the the midfield. Personnel as such, you know, Bannon and Luongo were playing together last season, but it was swapping and changing all the time. And you know, I think having that clear system, even though it changed actually against Birmingham, um, you know, that that's 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 quite interesting. But you know, Luongo coming into his own. You say that you know we don't have a ready-made replacement. They, they don't exist. Other do the, the, the players like Luongo are kind of few and far between in this league. You know, you can't have. It's very rare that you'll get two in a in a squad. And I mean, there was something kind of. Poetic in the fact that you know we've we've said similar things before about Sam Hutchinson, haven't we? And about how you know you don't get championship teams with two Sam Hutchinsons in their team. And you know Hutch was a, as as great a player as as a frustrating player that that he was. And of course, in the weekend where you know Luongo is man of the match and probably our best performer of the season, Sam Hutchinson gets sent off for um, a, an awful awful tackle for uh, for his new team. Well while playing Atty New Year's new team, which was uh, very strange to... To see, so um, something sort of poetic and weird about that um, that whole scenario. So when, Wednesday, quite a few chances, a um, little bit wasteful at, at times, and you know players like I, I, I'm starting to wonder if Adam Reach is ever going to score another goal again. Um, he, he it's just not happening for um, for Adam Reach. When it comes, it's a it's a penalty. A um, few people say it's a bit soft. Um, you know, it, it's the kind of challenge. If it happens somewhere else on the pitch, you'd expect it to be given. And and the simple fact is, you know, if it's a foul, it's a foul. It, it, where it takes place shouldn't really make any difference. You're kind of saying, well, it's, it's not really a penalty, is it? You know, there's a bit of contact, but is it enough for a penalty? Well, you know what? If it's a foul, it's a foul. Um, but yeah, I mean, the the there were plenty of people saying it was a little bit on the soft side. Where do you stand on it?
1: Uh, yeah, I think soft is probably a, a very good way of describing it. I think that. Uh... Patterson, it was good striker play. That's what it was. And I think, you know, it was the work rate actually to go chase that loose ball and get, nip him, you know, nip and get in front of Adam Clayton. And it was a bit naive, I think, really, from Clayton. who's a very experienced midfielder. He's been around the block, uh, you know, and I think that um, Patterson, there was an element of he bought that decision through good striker play. So that's really what I'd want to focus on and then Bannon uh, dispatched the penalty very well I, I think um, the game management in the last 10 minutes uh, you could I think see a little bit in the team the nerves and you know they're well aware of the amount of late goals that they conceded and I think they did retreat a little bit and Birmingham put them under the cosh uh, and yeah there were a few very dodgy moments. At the end, uh, you know, Van Aken, wonderful tackle. And then they've also missed a couple of other good chances. I thought actually Jonathan Lecker, when he came on for them, who, of course, Wednesday were interested, uh, you know, in the in the recent window in signing. You know, I thought he, he looked very lively when he came on and made a big difference. Uh, I, and I, th- I have to say that, you know, I don't want to take anything away from Wednesday, but I think we were all delighted to see Lukas Jukovic not playing. You know, that was a huge <laughs> bonus for Wednesday. You know, we know how um, effective he's been against Wednesday and his record in the last few years. Uh, but actually, saying that, even if he had played, I think that, you know, you would have fancied Aidan Flint. That was the sort of match that was a bit, you know, tailor-made for him uh, in that you know, to come in, having not drained with the team and to be, you know, I thought a real organiser and leader back there uh, you know, yeah. I thought there some very, very positive signs.
0: Of course, Birmingham did have the ball in the back of the net, but um, it was ruled off for offside. But there was that moment where my heart just sank. And uh, I think when when something like that is given us offside, you start to think, oh, maybe it is our, our day, which is great. Um, we, we've touched a little bit on both the central defenders on um, Joost van Aken and Aidan Flint. If you'd have kind of said a few weeks ago that we'd be lining up at, at Birmingham with those as our two centre-backs, I think there'd have been a few raised eyebrows. I think a few people would have thought he Flint have been playing for Wednesday. Not, not sure if I can see that. But also, you know, Van Aken, it kind of looked like his Wednesday career was done and over and he was being offered out to to clubs. Um, and yet, you know, for, considering the fact that I don't think they've really ever trained Together, have they? You know, Aiden Fleet really in at the uh, the deep end, um, and solid performances from 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 both of them. As you say, I think you know Van Aken obviously got some of the headlines for, um, you know, a couple of you know a, a, as good as a goal moments as we'd um, as we call them. But Flint, considering the fact that he really was thrown in, didn't get much time with the squad. I thought did an excellent, excellent job. So full, um, full credit to him. Um, I'm, I'm going to slightly stray into Brentford territory a little bit here because we've had two games now where the the way in which the team selection and the potential f- performance has kind of been sold to the media has not been how it's ultimately panned out, so all, all the talk before the Birmingham game was about Massimo Luongo playing as a makeshift centre-back in a back three, um, and then last night it was all about Callum Patterson moving back to being a, a, a centre-back and, and playing as part of a back three. And both those turned out not to be the case, and I don't know if that's just misunderstanding, or is is, is there a bit of kind of mind games going on from, um, from, from Gary Monk and his management team here, trying to keep opposition guessing a little bit?
1: Um the prob well, I would say maybe a little bit of that. Um I think we saw it last season that uh, you know his spring the odd uh, selection surprise. I, I would say actually in fairness that the one go, uh, you know, there were times when you could clearly see he was at centre half and he was and he was dropping back there to make it into a three. But you know, when Wednesday were in possession, that was when you know, he was going into midfield and he was playing almost, you know, in front of, of a back four, but it was very adaptable. Um, yeah. And I, I know I think maybe it might have been Sky who were under the impression or were guessing for kickoff, that Patterson was always likely to go, you know, to centre-half. That that was certainly was never... That was never sort of my understanding of what was going to happen. And, you know, I, you know, we'd sort of been, you know, given a... Um, an indication in the local media, it was more likely to be, uh, you know, Moses Odebajo. And the, um, I think, you know, if anything, the the surprise in the formation for Brentford was that, you know, it was more of a 3-4-3 three, three that we haven't really seen so far the season. And so to unleash, you know, three of your, your new strikers uh, was a, a bit of a, yeah, a bit of a surprise. And I don't think, yeah. with hindsight, it really worked for me.
0: No, well, let's talk about that then. Because um, that. Th- I mean, Brent- Brentford are a hard team to play against. Let's make this absolutely clear you know that that Brentford team that we played last night in some ways and this sounds daft in some ways I think was better than the team that beat us 5-0 they look really well rounded Um, I know they've lost a couple of their big goal scorers but they've certainly invested well um, and, and it looks like a very complete team to me so let's get that out in the open first first half Wednesday just looked unbalanced to me and it just looked like we were always on the verge of conceding it just didn't it didn't seem right um having said that about Brentford you, you then look at you know Alex Hunt starting his first game of the season in in the in the championship it was a little bit too much for him and it, it just yeah that first half fair to say it just didn't work
1: not, not just Alex Hunt. I would say I think it'd be wrong to single out him, but yeah, I, mean, I thought sure. last night it looked, yeah, you know, he, he did look a bit out of his depth, uh, but you know, but he is it? You know, I think you've got to say in his defence, he's he's only played once this season in the cup, uh, and then to throw him in against you know the, the best team that Wednesday played this season, right? Yeah, that, that they were for me streets ahead of who Wednesday played. You know, in that first half. Their front three um, was as good as anything I've seen this season. You know they absolutely terrorised Wednesday, uh, and of course the system and the setup. You know the way that Gary Monk wanted the team to go about it. You know it was it was bold. You know you can't say that uh, he's a cautious manager because actually he selected three strikers as he wanted to press Brent Brentford high uh, and you know to try and turn the ball over quickly. Force the errors out of them, not give them the time on the ball to, you know, get their sort of passing and attractive brand of football together. You know, um, but it didn't work, unfortunately. Uh, you know, I think we saw, you know, there were times where I thought the front three closed down and did a lot of good work up there off the ball, but then, uh, you know, Wednesday for me they were too long, as in they were going too direct all the time. There was, was too much hoofing it in the first half, and you know they were giving it back cheaply, uh, you know, to Brentford, the ball. Um, so I think, I mean, yeah, that was frustrating. Uh, and yeah, it was, I think the Hunt selection for me, you know, sort of came out from nowhere when you think that, you know, Fiseo della la Bajou and... Jerry Pele what you would have said were ahead of him in the pecking order. Uh, so, so then actually to, you know, to have saved Hunt to you know who's not played any football, competitive football for weeks and then put him in, I think that was always gonna be a lot to ask. And then you know Brentford had the extra man in midfield. So I I think maybe, you know, the <laughs> the idea the, execu- was, the idea was right, but the execution was wrong. And I think maybe with hindsight, I wouldn't have tinkered with the system and gone to 3-4-3. Three, three. I think I would have stuck with 3-5-2 uh, on the back of Wednesday, keeping another clean sheet at Birmingham and getting a good result there.
0: Yep. Um, I have got some positive things to say about the Brentford game. I'm going I'm to have a... I'm gonna have a little whinge first. And this'll be something that you won't be able to relate to. Um and something that's No, I kind know of, what it
1: is, James. I know what it is. I know it's the crowd. What noise. do you think it is?
0: It's crowd It's, noise. it's Flipping Stephen Fletcher. It's yeah. not even as if he. It's not even as if he's only just left the club. He left last season. Um, like we've had a whole nother wave of coronavirus comes in. Stephen Fletcher left um, Sheffield Wednesday. I don't know who looks after that. I don't know if it's the club. I don't know if it's the third no, no, party. I'll
1: stop you there. I'll stop you there. It, it was Sky. That Sky. It was not played in the ground. So that was that Sky have played the the Stephen Fletcher song. They they they've put it. On over, so uh, you you can only blame them, not the club, for for, for doing that. And then, um, I, I would say to throw in as another moan for me on that, having watched and heard some of the Sky coverage last night, it was a complete Brentford loving. It was ridiculously it really one side that really irritated me. Uh, listening to you know the commentary and then even post-match again it was about Ivan Tony this and look at how good Brentford are you know it was barely as if Sheffield Wednesday existed so that's what frustrated me actually is it didn't seem particularly balanced.
0: Yes um Sky are coming off the Christmas card list as a result of uh this little episode anyone that doesn't know what we're talking about by the way um on uh, on the TV coverage last night the the piped in um football crowd noises there and look I know people stand on different sides of that debate as a as a whole idea I've got a friend that absolutely hates them I kind of feel like it's sort of I don't even notice it after a bit, but last night, almost constantly through the game, the follow, follow Stephen Fletcher song was was being piped in. Obviously, not a Sheffield Wednesday player anymore, not being a Sheffield Wednesday player for a long time. And it was really, really, I, I got to the point where I was like, I'm going to have to switch this off. I can't. I just can't deal with it. It's just so embarrassing. It's awful. Um, right, okay, let's move on from that then and let's talk a bit more about the Brentford game. So, switch things a little bit at halftime. Joey Pellipesti came on and it it looked, it did look a little bit, firmer a little bit more kind of solid in the second half maybe there was a slight change in tactic from brentford as well in terms of the fact that they know they got their noses ahead so there was a slightly more kind of defensive feel about brentford as well um but i kind of felt like wednesday uh, it didn't feel like we were on the verge of a breakthrough to me I think we could have you know we could have carried on playing for a bit longer in that game and probably not come up with the the goods put it down as one of those nights where it just didn't click um and if if there's something that kind of needs a little bit of improvement balls into the box weren't brilliant um there were you know a couple of players that just didn't really seem to get into the game at all and I think you hit the nail on the uh, head in terms of the fact that I felt like there was a bit of tinkering going on last night and it's like right. We did this last season and it didn't work. We've got to move away from that. We, we've got we're having a bit of bad luck again with injuries at the moment. And I get in Gary Monk's position, he he can't just say, "Well, we'll just stick the same team out." It's, obviously, that's not an option, and it's not happening. But kind of tweaking this, tinkering with that, it it just it doesn't work for us.
1: I didn't really hear many positives uh, there in your ramble, James. Uh, so anyway, I'm going to plow on and go.
0: Um... I, I do have positives. <laughs>
1: But that was just more negatives, that's all I have. No, 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 they're they're
0: constructive, they're constructive points.
1: You do make some very good points with the the crossing and the set-piece delivery was woeful uh, last night. Uh, And yeah, I I thought that Wednesday were maybe getting their act together with uh, the set-pieces at the start of the season. Uh, But yeah, I feel as if they've maybe gone backwards in that regard. And and when they've got all of the defence fit, they need to start utilising them from corners and free kicks. As There's not going to be a bigger back three in the league, potentially, than Aidan Flynn, Shay Dunkley and Dominic Iortha. Uh, so they should be causing plenty of problems um, should the three peaks, uh, as I'm going to dub them from now on. Um <laughs>
0: so, that's Brilliant. That's an episode episode thought, title yes. right
1: there. Yeah. yeah, I thought so. Yeah, there you go, pal. Um But I think what, for me, was the biggest positive is that Wednesday, let's not forget the last time they played Brentford, James, seven months ago, got torn to pieces, absolutely ripped to shreds, could have lost 10-0 at Griffin Park, yeah, and it wouldn't have flattered you know Brentford in the slightest. You know, they were... Just in a different league to Wednesday and so I feel as if they have you know closed the gap got an awful long way to go but Gary monk has made this team competitive um, and harder to beat you know I think that's what we've seen um, and they kept going that was it second half you know I think that that's where you have to you know give them a lot of credit is they didn't cave in and they showed the spirit and that togetherness and, and grit. That uh, you know, Gary Monk has called for.
0: That was absolutely going to be my kind of main positive as well in terms of the fact that it, it was so much it was so much more solid than it was when we played them um, uh, back in March at, at Griffin Park, and I mean it's sort of like it's a bit of a yardstick, isn't it? It's a chance to just kind of take a little bit of stock because on that day, and obviously it was the, it was the last match that that I was able to go and see other than Eastbourne Town a few weeks ago. Um but yeah kind of you know seeing seeing that game and just thinking what what an absolute mess Wednesday we're in then. And you just think how is how is this ever going to be sorted out? You know, how how are we ever going to recover from, you know, from from, from that. So you, you fast forward to now and think we were in that game. It it didn't, it didn't feel like we were going to get a last minute equalizer, if I'm honest, but it doesn't, you know, on paper, we're in that game right until the end. And and that says something, you know, we, we said last week, what's a good week for, for Wednesday coming up, you know, and, and four points was what we said we'd, we'd really like. You said, you know, three points wouldn't be bad. And ultimately, that's that's what we that's what we got. Wednesday got three points, clean sheet at, at Brentford, scored in both games. Signs of you know Callum Patterson starting to become a little bit of a, a terror for for defenders. Winning the penalty, getting the goal. Possibly should have had another goal last night. Another good chance that he, he, he kind of headed it straight at the the keeper. But signs that he's getting into um, positions. Jack Marriott last night then um, didn't didn't. Really feel like he got into the game for me, although you can see kind of like, you know, his 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 movement and what he does that if it if it does start to click, you know, maybe him and Patterson, there might be something there in, you know, Patterson just being this big sort of lump that gets in the way and and, and Marriott kind of like being all over the place that that you know, that, that might become something that defences really dread play against when it starts to click.
1: Yeah, Patterson's a bit better than a lump, but I, I know where you're coming from,
0: James. I, I think that, uh, <laughs> it's I mean, yeah, another, half past seven lump, in the morning, Dom. I mean,
1: yeah, yeah, I think um, yeah, Marriott again Wednesday. You know, similar to what I said about Patterson last week, they're going to have to learn very quickly what his strengths are. Um, I, I think yeah, playing him in a two, uh, and I uh, you know with Patterson, you know that's what excites me, and I think that if you give him a run there. I think he'll score goals in this league. I do. Uh, he didn't get a sniff last night. The service to the front three—it was a hard, hard night for them all. Uh, you know, I, and uh, you know we've touched on uh, the sort of the balance uh, and and the shape, and maybe it wasn't right. Um, but yeah, I think that. You know, Gary Monk, for the next three matches, I, I think that, you know, they've got to be going for it. You know, we know how winnable the games are coming up and how important they are, uh, you know, for Wednesday. You know, I think they need to get out of this points deficit. If they're not, after the next three matches, you know, there will be big concerns. Uh, and I think that people will have every right to, you know, be worried that, you know, so far in the, the you know the six matches, that we've seen six rounds of the championship Wednesday have closed the minus twelve, and the teams above them is now down to effectively the you know, the seven adrift of you know their rivals at the bottom at the moment. So they've actually done a good job so far, but that gap can't be allowed to be increased. You know, if anything, they need to try and shorten it, and they have got a great opportunity with these run of matches coming up.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right, we'll we'll talk about those games coming up in um, just a second. Uh, first of all, singing the blues, of course, would not happen without the support of our um, brilliant partners at Title Law Solicitors. Um, Ollie is your guy if uh, if you're looking for any kind of uh, legal advice, any help, um, then give Ollie a shout. And this week, another chance to win a thousand pounds with Wednesday bets um, coming up. The question that uh, that we fielded last week, Dom. How many shots on target will Wednesday have? Uh, You went four to six. I went three. It was bang on three. I'm not going to dwell on this because that's not the kind of guy that... I am, but just know really I've been feeling smug all week. I noticed you didn't reply to my uh, tweet about it. Um, that was that was noted. I put that one into my uh, into my book. You'll be joining Sky coming off the Christmas card list, uh, right? Okay, um, let's move on then to the games that we've got um, coming up at the start of the season. You'd have looked uh, this week ahead for Wednesday and said, "Well, that that is the week, isn't it?" When um, you'd expect Wednesday to um, t- to pick up, you know potentially maximum points. Luton coming to Hillsborough on Saturday. They made a strong start to the season, did um, Luton. Against all odds, unexpectedly, Luton really did come flying out of the box this season. It, it's kind of dropped off a little bit um, since then. I feel like we say this every week. There aren't any easy games in the Championship and we can't take it for granted against Luton. But the simple fact of the matter is, if Sheffield Wednesday are going to get out of this situation that we're in at the bottom end of the table... We, we have to start winning games at Hillsborough. You know, we're not touched on that, actually. However long it is now, it's about seven years since Wednesday last one at, at Hillsborough. This has, got, this has got to be the one. This has got to be the game that it changes. Uh,
1: yeah, it's pretty, pretty simple that they need to get that monkey off the back. Uh, it's, I think one win in 15. Um, and Gary Monk, was very keen after the match to say, "Well, you know, last season is in the past. We've moved on. You know, this is a new team, and that is all very well and true. But that record at home, that's that's on his resume. There, that's that's on his watch, and he knows that it's not good enough. And that, yeah, Wednesday at home, um, they've been a soft touch, and they're struggling at home. And and so you look, you know, fair enough. They you know, look this season, they've played." Arguably two of the big hitters, haven't they, in in the championship in Watford and Brentford? Two teams that, you know, you would expect to be up there come the end of the season. And they've picked up one point from those two matches. They should have beaten QPR, would have beaten QPR had they maybe, you know, had Tom Lees on the pitch at the end and not gone down to 10 men. But yeah, Luton, you look at them. Um, they, they had a good start and now they're having a little bit of a wobble themselves uh, and you know going forward we, we've seen uh, you know we saw it at their place back in what was it February that, um, if you underestimate Luton um, you know do that at your peril because they have got some very talented forward players you know I, I really like Kornick I think you know, he's a handful on his day you know he's, he's I think really um, adjusted well to the level, so um, there's, there's pressure on Wednesday. Of course, there is. That you know, with the adversity, the situation they're in, uh, it, uh, they've got to start winning at home, as, as you say, James. So yeah, you know, Saturday is crucial, and then the two away games, you you, you roll You got a good point the other day at Forest, but. The reality is that Rotherham are going to be scrapping for their lives this season to stay up, and they know that as well. do Rotherham, you know they're you know they're well aware of their limitations. And then you've got the whipping boys of the division so far in Wickham. Uh, so you all we all know what's
0: going to happen there now. Yeah, I that, I've, I've set this up. This is but... a script we've read many times, isn't it? <laughs> but not, certainly... not one, not scored a goal all season. <laughs> <laughs> Who's next? Sheffield Wednesday.
1: Yeah, uh, the perfect opposition. So. The fact is, James, if Wednesday are not on zero points at come the end of October after these three matches, but the bare minimum zero points, um, then they're behind schedule, yep. aren't they? They're off course. Well, um, so yep. it, it, you know they, they've got to, for me, be winning at least a couple of these matches. They should be. That's what they should be aiming for, um, because you know, after I think a fairly difficult start. To the season, it's not been easy. You know, two wins, two draws, two defeats is is not a bad record, but yeah, um, certainly the next three games are hugely important.
0: The, I mean, to be perfectly honest with you, Dom, you know, next time me and you speak in a week's time, if if Wednesday are not at net zero or better, I'm going to be pretty disappointed. Um, you know, however, those games pan out. The simple fact is, we've got two games coming up that. Uh, a, a winnable and you know, we, we know that we can't afford to be in just slightly better than relegation form this season. We at very least need to be in mid table form, really pushing, you know, top half towards top six form. And that's just to, you know, to kind of be safe. You know, that, that is the reality of the situation that we're in. You, you can't afford to look at those games. Uh, you know, the the situation that we're in and I know it's a bit dramatic. You know, they're kind of six pointers as well, you know, they're, they're teams that we could do with losing games. So, um it, it might still only be October, but this season is is not like any other season and and you know, we can't afford to lose any more ground. We're already, you know, far enough adrift. So, we we've got to win them. So, you know, I I will I will officially be a bit grumpy if um if we've not, you know, reached net zero by next time that we um speak and I'll, No change I'll there, there it James. <laughs> Very good, Dom. Very good. Very good. Uh, right. Okay. So it was just before, um, transfer. <laughs> Transfer deadline day. Stop laughing. It was just before transfer deadline day last time that we talked, and there were a few names doing the rounds. So two of those deals got done on on deadline day. Jack Marrier, Aidan Flint. We've mm-hmm. actually talked about both those players already, so probably nothing more that needs to be said there. Um, but let's just take a step back and look at the um, the Sheffield Wednesday squad, um, and maybe a little bit of the window itself. A lot of people on Twitter saying, "You know, is it the best Wednesday transfer window for quite a few years?" Um, and and I can totally see where people are coming from for for that because. You know They're all players that have improved the squad in some way or another. Um, what I'm really pleased about is that it, it, it feels like Gary Monk's very much got players in that match what he's trying to create. And I think that's as much about attitude and application as it is about footballing um, ability. And I, I really think that that will start to pay Dividends, and that we will start to see uh, a, a strength from this squad when when they really do get used to to, to playing with each other. Um, overall, though, looking at that Wednesday squad, are there still any parts of it that you think a little bit lightweight? And it's a, it's an awkward time to say this because there actually are parts of the pitch right now where Wednesday do look a little bit lightweight because of the kind of you know, the injury situation. But that's almost like, can you particularly account for so many injuries in in, in one part of the field?
1: I think they've look. They've been very unfortunate with the injuries that they've had at centre half, and what they're going to find is, in the say another month or so's time, when I offer Lee's Shay Dunkley, you know, they're all back. That you know, it's it's going to be you know, who do who do Wednesday leave out, and that's actually where they're going to have, I would say, one too many centre halves. But there was an opportunity to bring Aidan Flint in. Uh, and like Marriott, you know, the two guys who experienced sort of campaigners in the championship, particularly Flint. Uh, and it's that leadership figure that, you know, he, you know, he brings to the team. For me, when you look overall at the transfer window, I would say that it was almost the perfect bit of, you know, wheeling and dealing that Wednesday did, certainly on incomings. Minus a Jacob Murphy, sort of direct replacement. I think that's the only thing for me that would have topped it off because I still look at those wing back areas and they it's frustrating me really that yes, they've got options there, but it's players who actually can they do it consistently? You know, we saw brilliant assist from Kadeem Harris last night, that's his first of the season. He's got to be putting up serious numbers, though, when it comes to assists. Yeah, you know, and he's not a guy who's going to score a lot of goals either. And we, you know, we, I think Adam Reach has actually looked better in the last couple of matches. You know, I thought he did okay in midfield and, you know, pretty well against Birmingham. But you know, we're all saying that he's tailor-made for the left wing-back role. And again, I thought, you know, he was one of the better outfield players for Wednesday. I thought last night. I thought, you know, he was a threat at times. And we know that, you know, his yeah, you know, the quality he's got. But we need to start seeing the numbers consistently from those guys. And and so that's where, for me, the concern is that, you know, we knew it was going to be difficult to get Jacob Murphy back. But maybe another player there, I think, would have made it close, I think very close to a 10 out of 10 transfer window for me. I I would put it as an eight or eight pushing a nine. You know, and I think that, you know, we have to comment generally on, you look at the last four or five transfer windows from Wednesday, uh, there's been a major improvement, major improvement uh, of, on the types of players, characters that they're bringing in, as you say, to, for the future of the football club, bringing in players who've got resale value and you know, plenty of room to grow and develop as players. Uh, that's that's what we will see. Hungry players who want to come in and prove a point, and I think that's what Wentz have achieved in this winter.
0: It feels like there's a bit of a strategy there, isn't there? Like there's thought. It's not just about that's a good player. Let's let's bring them in um i i i did have a thought last week about if there's something that this kind of squad's lacking it's maybe that you know that standout flair player who maybe doesn't even start games but that player on the bench that you just think you know when you're 2-1 down at home with 20 minutes to go you can bring on and think they might just do something but but Maybe that is the point. Maybe the point of this squad is that it doesn't have that flair player in it. You know, maybe Jacob Murphy would have been that player if he'd have come back. Um, But maybe that's not what Gary Monk's trying to do. You know, it's not about flair players, it's about a very solid squad. Everyone's quite close knit. Everyone works hard. Everyone does their job. Um, And, you know, the net result is a team that can win football matches without a single individual that's going to kind of do that. And, and and so it kind of makes sense to me. And I'm, I'm I'm cool with that, you know, not having that player that you just think, you know, last night bringing Jordan Rhodes on as a potential match winner, it, it didn't kind of, you know, no one was excited. Actually, some of the stuff said on social media was really, really negative about quite a lot of last night, actually. Um, but, you know, it, 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 if there's anything that we lack, it is that player that you feel like can come off the bench and just turn the game. As I said, maybe that's not the point.
1: Um, yeah, maybe that isn't the point, James. I think, um, yeah, it, it's it's one of them where I feel as if th- there is a strategy now and um, perhaps a model, you know, I, when wednesday have got to, I know it's easy to say, but Wednesday should be looking at a team like Brentford and what they've been doing for years and years and um, the way that they, they managed to seamlessly replace you know, some of their best players all the time when they sell them for big money, like Sayed Benrama and Ollie Watkins. Look at you know who they brought in. Ivan Tony is going to probably score twenty goals plus this yep. season. You know he looked probably for Christmas. Yeah, <laughs> but the way he's going, yeah, he's he, 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 what was he.
0: 10, was he £10 million pounds that they paid for? I think it was £5 million, paid, I think it was. was it five? Um, so, yeah,
1: so an absolute I mean, his, his value's
0: probably quadrupled already, hasn't it? Yeah. Because he's proved yeah. that he can uh, do it and get into the Positions, although I mean to be fair, when you've got Moses Odubajo marking from corners, he's got a oh, bit of an advantage, hasn't he? So actually, um, I nearly we got through
1: on that. No, we, I know you nearly got through the podcast without <laughs> Moses Odubajo, which uh, you know for you would have been uh, no mean feat. Um, but yeah, I mean, I have to say, actually, touching on the two goals, I mean, they were disappointing, and Gary Monk, uh you know, was uh, you know disappointed with them, uh, and I think you know I know I've seen plenty of criticism. Of, uh, for Cameron Dawson and his part in the first goal. It was interesting that Tony actually they picked up um you know he mentioned it um you know in his interview to the uh, you know to TV afterwards that uh, you know Brentford had spotted that Cameron Dawson did that with shots from distance that he sort of rather than pushing them behind for a corner that you know he pushed them back into the danger zone. So again that sort of video analysis but I would say this to... Again, the guys who are going to knock Cameron Dawson. Um, Why well, did no Wednesday defender react? That you know, again, I thought you know they just went to sleep. Um, so, I, as much as we can say, yeah, you know, I think Cameron Dawson maybe should have done better with the first goal. I tell you what, I mean, live or I could say, he you know, was one of the lucky ones to be there. He hit it blooming hard. So, so you know, it was quite a hot one to handle. It's not as if he was going to, you know, be able to catch that. And, you know, it was always going to be a case of, I think he was going to parry it. But yeah, that, and I, I just didn't get why Moses Ottobagio was picking up Ivan Tony from, from corners. You know, I think that was just an error of judgment. That um, yeah, um, and he carried on doing it throughout the game. That was the crazy thing mm. too. So no, um, yeah, Moses, he's, he, he's not, He's not a centre-half. Um, and, and again, actually, this is it. You know, he, he did it, I thought. He played really well at Birmingham. And in fact, if you look at that and Fulham, a right wing-back, I think um, he's put in some you know, decent performances so far this season. The much maligned Moses Odebajo in James Marriott's eyes. But he, he's actually done okay this season. But yeah, last night he was asked to do a job. And uh, I I don't think he should have been doing.
0: I I am saying no more about Moses Odabaggio. I've made my feelings very very clear uh, right I think that's probably just about going to uh, wrap us up for this week so you can catch Dom at Domhausen. I'm at James Marriott or contact the show at Dom and James thank you to our goal partners title law solicitors who you can find at title law that's T-Y-T-O-L-A-W dot co UK and Wednesday bet download the app on your smartphone now thank you for joining us if you like seeing the blues please rate and review the show in your pocket app up the owls and we'll see you next week